This is a Cincy fan talking with LP. You can catch me on Twitter. That's a Cincy fan talking. You say it like it sounds, just leave off the G. If you have ideas for the show, you can reach me at Cincy underscore fan talk at yahoo.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, make sure you leave them there. Who knows? You might find yourself as part of the show. Any feedback would be definitely appreciated. And also, make sure you hit the link tree page that's on my Twitter. Make sure you click on that. You can find all the different ways to contact me there. Enjoy the show. What's up? What's up? What's going on, podcast fam? Welcome to another episode of A Sensi Fan Talking with LP. And once again, this is LP. Appreciate y'all stopping past and kicking it with your boy for a little bit as I, I don't know if we're going to say drop knowledge, but basically, basically have a little conversation about sports and life and all that good stuff. You know how it is. You know how we do. For all my regulars, appreciate y'all for all the newbies. Hey, hope you enjoy what you hear. Um, we're going to get into some, you can call it basketball talk, but it's more about, you know, how you're supposed to behave and stuff on the court and off the court and stuff like that. Um, we're going to talk about some baseball, which I normally don't talk about uh, unless the Reds are playing. And we, we're going to kind of get into, we're going to get into all that strike business. And we're going to talk about, um, I can't take full credit for this. We're going to talk about um, the fam's way to make the slam dunk contest super duper tight so we're gonna talk about all that stuff but um first i gotta jump into what happened with um with michigan and Jawan howard um if you hadn't heard or if you hadn't seen the footage basically it's like this michigan's playing wisconsin the game is almost over and wisconsin's up 15. The Wisconsin coach, Greg Gard, decides to call a timeout because his team is about to turn the ball over. And Jawan Howard is not happy about this. Everybody goes to shake hands at the end of the game. Um, Wisconsin wins by like 15 points. Jawan Howard tries to do the little blowback because he didn't want to shake Greg Gard's hand. Greg Gard kind of sort of stops him. and He's like trying to explain why he called a timeout. Jawan Howard wasn't trying to hear that nonsense. People start getting heated. Everybody tried to break them up. Jawan Howard swings and hits one of the assistant coaches with one of those half mush, half slap things. You know, when you got the hand open because you want to get full extension and you don't think a fish going to do it. <laughs> so he he hit him with one of those kind of mush smack. I think I just created the term. He <laughs> kind of mush smack dude. Uh, some of the players start throwing blows because you want to protect the coach. I mean, I, once it goes down, you want to protect the coach. People get heated. Uh, Jawan Howard ends up getting a five-game suspension, so he's suspended for the rest of the regular season. He can come back for the Big Ten tournament, but he's out for the rest of the regular season. Greg Gard got a $10,000 fine, and three players got a one-game suspension because they was throwing little book of hooks or whatever. 
a lot of people was like, you know, Howard needs to be fired. Like, you can't do that. that that's not exemplary co- coach behavior. You're not supposed to act like that. And this is what I said as soon as it happened. Like, I saw the tail end of it. I kind of turned the game on super duper late. And I'm seeing everybody going like, hey, you know, he need to get fired. He need to get terminated. You know, this is second time because he had a little incident last year during the Big Ten tournament. But he ran up on the Maryland coach. You know, words were exchanged. The Maryland coach was like, man, he said he was going to try to kill me, blah, blah, blah. And I ain't saying blah, blah, blah to disregard it. But it's one of those situations where if you're in power or if you have, like, the disciplinary means to do things, the first thing you do is sit down and think about it. Um, I'm always telling new teachers this, like when they come on and they have, they say, Hey, LP, can you give me a little bit of information or some insight on how you dish out consequences? I'm like, the first thing you do, if you feel like it's, it has to be a big consequence, don't immediately give it, take your time, chill out, think things through, because the last thing you want to do is act on emotion or act because you hear other people saying you need to do this, that, and the third, nah, chill out. Like, I rarely give out huge consequences the moment that something happens. I'm like, okay, um, go ahead and take a chill pill, go to another room. I talk to you at the end of the class or something like that. Because I don't want to give a punishment that's, A, too harsh. Because if you give it and it's too harsh, you really have no room to go up. Like, you have to treat that same behavior the same way every time. So if you go overboard, you're kind of putting yourself in a corner. And it's not really fair to the other person because the punishment got to fit the crime. It has to, or it's not really a punishment because you're not fixing it. You can't really call something a punishment if you didn't fix the behavior. And that's why I'm kind of going with this whole Jawan Howard thing, because you also don't want to give a punishment that's too lenient. Because if you do that, you're just basically going like, look, you do this, you get the slap on the wrist. People are going to keep doing it. Like That's how it go. I feel like Jawan Howard's punishment it really did fit the crime. I mean, it did. You got to look at, you got to look at the entire situation. You can't just go like, okay, oh, well, he smacked dude. Automatically, you got to go. You you don't want to set a bad precedent for the kids. And I get all of that. But you got to look at the entire picture. For, for one, and this is the main thing. Jawan Howard tried to walk right past dude. He didn't want to shake his hand or nothing. Now, I don't know where y'all from, but when, I, when, when I'm super upset, I don't want to talk to you. Don't come at me and be like, this is what I tried to do. No, no, no. Hit me up on the phone later. Talk to me later. I don't want to talk to you right now. So the fact that Greg Gard stopped him and then grabbed him to explain stuff, no, uh-uh, you can't do that. And Greg Gard's position is more like, he can easily say, oh, well, I was just coaching. Oh, I was just trying to stop him and tell him what happened. You can say that, and it, and it might be true. But come on, man. For one, you up 15 points at the end of the game. Now, I know it's a whole unwritten rule thing, and, you know, he can coach the way he want to coach, and that's true. But, my guy, you up 15, and if you turn the ball over and they score – you up 12, you, you up 12 or 13 with about five seconds left in the game. You got to have a little more tact than that. So 
it's a little bit on him. But also, on Jawan Howard's side, you're not absolved either, homie, because you got to understand that, like, he can coach his team however he wants to coach his team. And you coach your team however you want to coach your team. He calls a timeout. So? <laughs> like, you you grab your guys and you let them know, hey, man, do it on that trash right now. Like, he, he, he on some mess. Don't worry about it. We just going to play our game and get up out of here. My first couple of years coaching middle school basketball, look, we got our teeth kicked in by some folks. Like, it was ugly. I, I remember I remember one time I got six players, six, because people weren't, like, doing what they're supposed to do in the classroom, and they thought it was a game. They're like, well, you know, Coach Parker, he's going to let us play anyway because he needs us. I'm like, nah. Their grades was trash, so they didn't play for, like, three games. I got six players total <laughs> for this game. Four of them, you know, they were decent. One guy, he was out there because his mother wanted him to play. <laughs> and then I got a guy on the bench who never really played a lot, <laughs> but he had to play a lot in this game because I only had six. And we running up against some guys. I, I should have asked to check their birth certificates for real. Like, these were some big guys. And we getting ran over like i think it was like 38 to 4 at halftime like so we start you know hitting some baskets or whatever and we i think we're down 20 fourth quarter and he still got his starters in and they still doing work like they still playing like it's zero zero and i'm just kind of looking and i'm like it's messed up but what i'm not about to do is get super heated about it because that's not my team. If he want to like try to look real good and run up the score against us, I mean, that's not making me look bad. It's making him look bad because you can see we really couldn't compete like that. We out there to just we out there to play. I expected to get ran over, but he making the score try to look worse than what it is, and I'm like, look, do I shake his hand? Like, whatever. And I'm looking at the guys, and they super salty. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and shake his hand and just call it a wrap. So I just go over, shake his hand. He tried to give me a little thing like, well, you know, um, I just needed to get some work in because. And, and I'm just like, all right, man. All right. Cool. But that's the game. <laughs> that's how it is. Some coaches are like that. That's what they do. They don't really care about sportsmanship or looking a certain way they're coaching their team that's their prerogative that's what they do as a coach you can only control what you can control you can only control your squad you have no right to tell another man or a woman what to do with their squad you can't so i feel like it's on both coaches you got Jawan Howard, who's really upset because somebody's basically doing some crazy stuff on them. And then you got Greg Gard, who's quote unquote coaching like the game is zero zero. And then they meet up in the middle and they got to shake hands. Greg Gard should have just let him go past and hit him up on the telephone. Just call him up, FaceTime him later or something and, and explain then. This man is heated and you feel like you got the right to stop him, grab him, I'd have been a little upset too. Like for real, I'd have been a little upset. What you don't have the right to do is swing on anybody. 
Like you really don't. We're talking about basketball, and you got a whole lot of impressionable kids who are going to defend their coach if they see their coach swing. Just saying. You got to understand this as a coach because you're preaching this whole we're a family thing. We protect each other, and you do something like that. What do you think your kid's going to do? They come, they come in to participate and help out. So I'm surprised Greg Gard didn't get at least a one-game suspension for pretty much instigating this. Not instigating about calling a timeout, but instigating it in the regard that he decides to stop Jawan Howard, grab him, and go like, look, here's what happened. No, nah, don't don't touch people on the court. Like you don't you don't do that. So I feel like it's on both of them. And a five game suspension that works. I personally would have suspended them for the regular season and the postseason tournament. I would have did that too. And then if they make the NIT or something like that, then he could participate in that. Because it's the second time. Like, this is the second time he's had an incident with the coach. Now, firing him, that's a bit much. It That would be like the worst knee-jerk reaction to something like this. Because cooler heads prevailed. And a suspension of this magnitude, it serves the purpose of stopping the behavior. Like, you want to stop the behavior. You want to let other teams know that, over here, what we do, <laughs> like his squad, they don't do that. And you want to let people know that at some point you're not putting up with it. Now, firing him, that's really just ducking off the problem. Like you're not really going like, okay, um, we don't we don't do that, so we're gonna get rid of him and do what? Promote his assistant coach? <laughs> who who would basically preach something of that nature? No, it doesn't make sense. You suspend him. You let everybody around him know that, like, we don't do this. And you go from there. And if it happens again, he got to go. Like, real talk. If that happens again, and, and as an Ohio State fan, I'm looking at this through a lens of if this was the coach of a team that I care about. So if Ryan Day did something like this two or three times, he got to go. Like, you can't put up with that. You're just making the school look bad. So that's where I'm kind of at on that. Um, the suspension was was well thought out. They didn't do the knee-jerk thing and, and rush to social media and say, we don't tolerate this. He's suspended for the next year. No, like, chill out. Don't let other people run your program, man. Like, you do what you need to do. But I will say this. And, I mean, it's just how I feel on the subject. This whole thing could have been deaded had the Wisconsin coach not felt like he was so entitled to just go ahead and push up on another coach. Like, how? What makes you think that you can do that at all? That that made no sense to me. And I know people are like, well, you know, you should have a cooler head and you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be hitting people. I agree with that completely. But I don't think their relationship was good enough for him to just go ahead and grab him by the arm to explain his side. So... That was really the whole blow up right there. It wasn't the timeout because Jawan Howard is about to walk past. He wasn't okay with it, but he was willing to let it go. So you can't 
blow stuff up like that and then try to play the victim because you're part of it too. So um, if you're a Michigan fan, um, I know you a little bit salty that he didn't get at least a one-game suspension on the other side, but, I mean, dude did swing. So <laughs> I guess they just coming at it like that. I don't know. That's crazy. Um, apparently, there's not a lot of baseball being played. Like, there was supposed to be spring training and stuff like that. Real talk. Um, and if you ask a lot of people, they'll probably say this. Um, baseball is so much different for me and for, like, most of the people that I know than it was like 25 years ago. Now, real talk, I, I come from a baseball family. Like, like for real. I was playing baseball at age like six or seven or something like that. My uncle, and like I told y'all a while ago, um, my, my grandmother had like 10, 11 kids. <laughs> like a lot of kids. So I got a lot of uncles. And the stereotype fits. I have like one uncle for each situation. That's kind of how it is. Like I had my uncle that would basically tell you how it was. I had the the book smart uncle. I got the uncle that you really didn't see a whole lot because he was always down. You know what I mean? Um, and I had my my athletic coach uncle who who always had us on the baseball diamond. Like always. I, I remember playing baseball as a six, seven-year-old. Then um, I got to be on a travel team at age nine, and it, it was a lot of fun. Um, and I really liked baseball at that point. I had all the baseball cards. We would go to the store and buy baseball cards, um, throw out that stale piece of gum, because like, <laughs> then nobody wanted that little stale stick. And then we started trading cards. Um, as I got older... I got into other sports and I still like baseball, but it just felt like baseball was changing. Like it really didn't mean the same thing to me that it meant before. Um, my uncle used to get on me like, why you don't play baseball no more? Like, why, why you don't play on the squad no more? And I'm like, you know, I want to, I want to box. I want to do basketball. I want to do stuff like that. And then the strike happened and the strike wiped out the World Series, it wiped out the entire second half of the season. And once the strike happened, they pretty much lost me. <laughs> like, I really got into other sports after that, and I wasn't into baseball much at all, except to watch the Reds. Like, I would watch the Reds, but if there was any other team playing, I wouldn't really watch it. Like, it wasn't really important to me, unless it was like a playoff game. I, I just really didn't care. Now, if you talk to people, they'll tell you freely. If a football game is on, no matter who's playing, they'll watch the football game. If a basketball game is on, no matter who's playing, they'll watch the basketball game. But as far as baseball, if their team isn't playing, they don't really watch it. And I feel like baseball is really messing up right now because they're going down the road to where they're going to strike. They're already um, in strike mode now, but they're going to go down the road to where they're going to end up missing games. And it's not like it was in 94, 95. I mean, baseball had a whole lot of eyes and ears in 95. They had a lot of fans. And then the strike happened. 
and then they lost a whole lot of fans. They lost they lost a lot of fans. And it took a juiced up Mark McGuire and a juiced up Sammy Sosa and the magnificent King Griffey Jr. It took all of them to bring baseball back in like 98, 99. I mean, that home run race, people wanted to see who's going to hit the home run. Then Barry Bonds came through and did his thing. But baseball is just kind of weird now because you had the Astros cheating out here. <laughs> you had steroids, which still has this little taint on everything. And now they're talking about striking again and missing games again. And it's not like it was. Football is vastly more popular than it was back in the um in the mid-90s. Like it's way more popular now. Um most people would say that that football is the is America's game. And and it really is right now. You can say baseball is America's pastime, but football is America's game. That's what people watch. It you you'll be hard pressed to find somebody that goes like I don't really like football. And most of those people are in my house, <laughs> like my daughters. They don't really dig football too much. Uh, they, they'll say who they just to, you know, make us happy. They'll, they'll scream for the Buckeyes because, because you know, they got a kid that goes there. And that's really all they know. But for the most part, they don't really dig football. They would be the exception to the rule. <laughs> but as far as baseball now, you decide not to play games and you miss April and some of May, you're not going to get people back because there's a lot of people that don't care about baseball now. So you're in competition with other sports like football, basketball, college basketball, soccer is on the rise for real, especially around here. So, if I were baseball, I would do all I can to make sure that I don't miss games because it's going to get hard to get back on the map. And for me to say that is, is kind of crazy knowing, knowing where I was as a kid and seeing my gradual shift away from baseball. Like I can, I can kind of pinpoint certain times where I was just like, I don't really care about baseball like I did before. And I was like a baseball fiend. I was always playing the baseball video games. We were always playing baseball outside, um, <laughs> just down on the bottom of the hill, just swinging a stick with a ball. I mean, we were really doing that every single day. And now it's like, you don't really see kids doing that. You don't see kids outside playing baseball. I mean, it takes a lot of people <laughs> to play baseball. Um, you got to get a ball. You got to get a bat. Um we ain't really do it with gloves. I mean, we play with a tennis ball anyway, so we ain't really have gloves. But you you don't see baseball embraced like you did 25, 30 years ago. So I feel like baseball is in danger of losing a whole lot more fans. The fans that they – they're going to pretty much end up with diehards, and they will be in danger of losing the whole generation of folks. So I would I would think long and hard – before trying to paint the players or the owners as like the victim or as the big bully because they're all pretty much hurting the sport right now, a sport that they care about. Because you got folks over here that are pretty much in football mode 365. 
you got free agency, you got the draft, you got the schedule reveal, you got training camp, you got the regular season, the postseason, the Super Bowl, and then it just circles around again. Like football is becoming a 365 day sport. You watch NFL Network, there is no loss of content. And I was like, who watched the NFL Network in in April? Like, who cares? And then I happened to look, and they they real life got content. Good Morning Football comes on every single day. But they don't play until September, for real. <laughs> so you, you, you got to watch yourself out here, um, MLB, because your spot has pretty much already been taken. You want to make sure that your spot doesn't slide all the way down to where you're off the radar. So definitely – Definitely make sure you're doing what you do to get back out here on the diamond because it's looking bad. Now you got a sense of fan talking with LP. We'll be right back, y'all. Hi. Hi. I'm Princess and I'm Queen. This is Daddy. You have to say, and this is a sense fan talking with LP. And this is a sense fan talking with LP Daddy. Nice job. Mm-hmm. What's up, y'all? We are back. We are back. You got a sense of fan talking with LP. And of course, this is LP. And the slam dunk contest on a scale of zero to ten was a definite two. <laughs> like it was it was bad. It was it was walk around the room and hit the kitchen and start doing the dishes while it was on bad. Like it was, it was that bad. And I've been saying this for a while now. For one, the three point contest should be the last event for real. I mean, with the three point contest, it's something to where you don't have to do anything special. You don't have to worry about creativity or doing something nobody's ever done before or making sure your your dunks aren't your three points aren't repetitive or something like that you got to get the ball in the basket more than the other person and more than that people love a countdown like anything that you can attach a countdown to is gold and then you got people basically shooting it's one of those things where you can't mess it up you can't mess up the three-point contest. They've added more balls to the three-point contest. They've added more people to the three-point contest. And it's it's still a great event. You can't screw it up. It, it is impossible to jack up the three-point contest. The slam dunk contest, on the other hand, and and for me, I don't feel like it's necessarily broken. It's more our expectations are to the point where they are unmanageable now. <laughs> That's what it is. You look at the dunks that they were doing in the slam dunk contest in the 80s and the early 90s, and people look at those now and go like, hey, people were going crazy for that. Our expectations weren't through the roof. We didn't want people jumping through a fire hoop over a car and doing five under the legs before they put the dunk down. That wasn't necessary. If you could dunk from a place that was far from the hoop, 50. If you could hit a windmill with force, 
50. If you could go under the hoop and then come back and boom that bad boy, 50. This is stuff that the normal person cannot do. Like, like if you catch me doing this, you'll see a trampoline right under me while I'm up there booming. Or you'll see the, the rim lower to a good nine feet in order for me to dunk. Like, that's what it would be. But our expectations for the slam dunk contest have gotten to the point where they're unmanageable because we see professional dunkers doing some crazy stuff. And then you got people like Vince Carter who changed the game with the slam dunk contest. You can't go out there and do the stuff that he did completely because one, you probably can't do it. And two, it's been done before. So this is what makes the slam dunk contest broken. I don't look forward to the slam dunk contest. (laughs) Not me personally. I look forward to the game. And a lot of people are like, man, the All-Star game trash. Like, they don't really care. Why would they care? (laughs) It's the All-Star game. I mean, it would be like if your job had a softball game during the picnic, you would want to do well because everybody's watching, right? Like, you would want to show out. You try to hit the ball a mile. Like, you try to hustle as much as you could because everybody's watching. But would you necessarily care if you lost? Like, would you... Would you take it to heart if you lost the company softball game? No. You would be going down like, hey, I had four hits. Remember that triple I hit? Yeah. And then I robbed you. Like you tried to get the ball through me. and I, I, I did that little catch. Threw you out. Yeah. Let's go. But let somebody ask you to score. What was the final score? Uh, I just know we lost. It was close too, but we lost. What was the score? I don't know. Let's get something to drink. <laughs> That's what it would be. That's how the players feel about the All-Star game. They don't necessarily care. They want to win because they don't want to lose. <laughs> like they don't want they don't want their peers to beat them. Just like the company picnic, the softball game. You don't want your peers to beat you. But after it's over, you don't really care. You're not gonna take it to heart. But I'm watching this. I'm watching the um, All Star game for the dunks during the All Star game. That's what it's about for me because I know that I know that they are going to show out, and I know that nobody's going to care about playing defense until the fourth quarter, which is how it should be. So, me and the wife we're watching this, and she's like, "Why don't they just have a slam dunk contest during the game?" And I'm like, "High five up top." That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's how it should be. Now, this is our proposal. Now, I'm, I'm giving her credit because she, she thought of this first. I just did some additions to it to make her idea better. So, full, full disclosure, wife, I'm, I'm giving you props, all right? See, we we here. Make the, make the All-Star game the slam dunk contest. But make the slam dunk contest in the All-Star game. Don't wait until the All-Star game is over when they have, like, super dead legs and then ask them to start booming. That's ridiculous. Have the All-Star game literally during the game. Now, at first, we were like, you know, just let them dunk all during the game and then the best dunk wins. I'm like, that might be a little too much because it's hard to remember a dunk in the second quarter or the first quarter. You might forget. So here's what I said. 
take the third quarter of the All-Star game. Make that the slam dunk contest. Contest, excuse me. Whoever has the best dunk in that quarter wins the slam dunk contest. They can even make it to where everybody's dunking during the third quarter, and then they wait to announce the winner until after the game. They let us vote. I mean, we got Twitter, we got Instagram, we can we can do whatever with the vote. They let up, they let everybody vote. They can even choose the four or five best dunks. And then we vote on those dunks. The winner gets the slam dunk trophy. And if you're worried about, oh, well, you know what? What if somebody's not in the game, but they want to participate? Hey, let them play in the rookie sophomore challenge. Because usually those are the ones that are in the slam dunk contest anyway, right? The rookies and the sophomores. So. You have a separate rookie sophomore slam dunk competition on the same night that they play. Let Saturday night be the three point contest, the skills challenge, which by the way took super long. Why was why was that so long? <laughs> the skills competition took a full half hour, I could for forty five minutes. I'm like, man, that ain't gonna never be done. Let them all have Saturday night. Sunday, you sit back, you watch everybody go off. And then third quarter, slam dunk contest. And the best part about that is if you don't want to participate, cool. Just shoot threes like you always do because the whole game is just threes and dunks anyway. I'm not complaining. Not one little bit because that's how it should be. Nobody should really care. There's nothing that should be attached to that. But slam dunk contest, third quarter. Let everybody do their stuff. And then we vote on the winner. Simple. I, I think it's simple. If it happens, uh, NBA, uh, the Parker fan, we're going to need our cut. Just saying, we are we are going to need our cut. Um, cut us in, throw us some all-star game tickets, um, something like that. Let You know what? Give us tickets. <laughs> Let us announce that the slam dunk contest is beginning. And that's really all we need. Just give us that. If you start throwing money around, though, we'll take that. Like, we're not tripping. <laughs> hey, we want to go ahead and roll out. Um, it's always cool podcast, man. I always enjoy it. Um, y'all know when to catch it. That's going to be on Tuesday. So look for the Tuesday drop. And until then, as always, life is good, y'all. Peace out. not ready for the conversation to end i'm not either make sure to catch me on twitter that's a sensi fan talking leave off the g at the end of it and we can keep the conversation going also don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button so you can catch the next episodes the episodes will drop every tuesday if there's a change in that i'll make sure to let you know appreciate the support as always life is good